This stage is also how I first uh, learned to play. Oh, I had someone hanging up, hanging out like in one of the little areas near the bottom of the stage, taunting me until I actually like got aggressive enough to. Oh, that's just me. Yeah, taunting you to take you down there. That's dangerous. Yeah. Well, no, I used to do that. Don't yeah. worry. That's of course, fine. of course, yeah. you did. What do you mean? Of course. How dare you? Like, yeah. <laughs> Alana. Um. Anyway. Danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salbato, and today we're talking about Smash Brothers. Um, it's really no uh, secret that there's a lot of RPG characters and music in Smash Brothers, so we thought it'd be fun to have an episode about RPG music arrangements uh, in Smash Brothers. A little different from our normal. So um, before we get into what we're playing today, let me introduce our lovely panel today. So we're starting with Hilary Andriff. Hello. And we also have Alana Hags. Hello. And Peter Treisenberg. Hello. So as you can tell, it's very early and no one feels like saying anything more than hello, but we're going to push through anyway. I was going to ask who everybody plays in Smash. That is a great start. So you should be hosting this one, I guess. <laughs> no. All right. Well, you first then. Um, Ness, I have to. Does Ness? Usually. And, and and we fit trainer sometimes. Well, yes, but that's for fun. <laughs> we fit trainer? Yeah. <laughs> I love the we fit trainer. But mostly for fun. Yeah, mostly for fun. <laughs> I mean, but who plays games that have fun, okay? You you can only play to win, I thought. <sighs> Don't even get started on that. <laughs> After our last the other week. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> we know who you're talking about. We've played against them too. Yes. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's I also mean, I- I won a couple of times, but yeah. Oh, good. I think, a- we, I think we each won a couple times, too. Yeah. It's actually, the, the, we had a short discussion about 14 right before we started, and it's it's also like that uh, person you played with, Peter, where some random person was telling your red mage not to cure people, okay? Because you can't have fun, okay? You have to be the most efficient, and that's all that matters. If you're not going for your purple damage parse, then... What do you even do? <laughs> well, not to me, because I like encouraging healthy habits and twirling around the stage and doing yoga poses. Yes. Okay. I mean, but who, who doesn't who doesn't run a parser while running Toto Rock? Come on. Come on, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go with Peter. Who do you play, usually play in Smash? I have three go-to characters. I either play as Bowser for the lols, because I like to dive bomb people off the stage. Um, <laughs> yes, fun. I am that person. Um... Corrin, because um, Corrin has a really great counter, and um, especially in Smash 4, it was absolutely broken. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joker, after the DLC came out, because Joker is just a lot of fun to play as and has amazing recovery. Oh, nice. I've messed with him a little bit, but not a whole lot. Yeah, once you unlock Arsene, you just have so many movement options. It's it's really fun to play as. Nice. Okay, now you, Alana. Um, so yeah, kind of a mix of people. Um, Marth and Riv tend to be my mains for a long, long, long time. I feel like they've kind of swapped on and off between games. Roy feels a bit fresher and ultimate than Marth to me, even if I persist with Marth because slightly lighter, blah, blah, blah. Maybe even Lucina because they've changed their, like, I don't know, skill set or their, like, importance. Um, also, Lucas, weirdly. Um, Lucas is just super fun. Um, 
I love all of the like long-ranged attacks that he uses. And as of recently, Pyro and Mithra, um, they are stupidly broken. Like stupidly broken. Like Mithra is super fast and you just swap to Pyra to do the kill, and it's kind of ridiculous how easy they are to play as. And yeah, Fun. they're great. Mm. I always kind of wonder with those like dual characters so mm, yeah glad to, glad to hear that it's easy and fun yeah she don't have that dlc yet so i've not played as them no i don't either i just had the chance to play it the other week oh i got you was like ah yeah this works unfortunately other person is better with them than i am which isn't really surprising well, i will beat you consistently one day it's fine yeah well other other person will also let you play a few rounds before casually mentioning <laughs> that they used to play in tournaments. Uh, I knew even uh, before. Yeah, I we uh, didn't know. No. Um. Anyway, thanks uh, RPG fan it, colleague who's really good at Smash. Yes. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't realize you and I had so many overlapping characters, Alana, because I started messing around with Lucas in Smash Four, and I still Ooh. play Lucas a little bit. And I also used to play Marth for like several games. Although in Ultimate, I also lean a little bit more towards Roy. Ooh. I think Roy is a little bit lighter than he used to be. Like, I think he was a little he heavier is. than I liked. So I always went with Marth, but now I lean more towards Roy. And I also try to play Zero Suit Samus, but I'm not very good because she's too fast. Um, so I need more practice. I love normal Samus, like um, like Suit Samus. Um, but yeah, it's just that there's too many projectiles for me to really be good with her. But mm -hmm. opposite, especially with Metroid Dread. I have to yeah. make sure everyone knows. Yeah, I just <laughs> Zero Suit Samus has some really, really good like kicks, like air kicks and stuff, which I like. I just got to yeah. get better with them. Anyway, all right. Well, that's a good lineup everyone has. Yeah, and now we get to see who who picked music that matches their characters. Yeah, actually, there, there is. Oh, I did. There is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we picked each other's actually, Alana. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I picked one for sure. I think we did. You did. True. I mean, I would have. I would have, but you know, as much as I would like to make an, make a case for it, I couldn't find a way to bring Metroid music on here. Oh, I would have done too. I love the Metroid arrangements so much. I know, me too. That's the thing about Smash music is like we could make a whole podcast just about that, like a series. There is so oh, yeah. much to work with. <laughs> I know. I was I was hoping that there was of the many Mega Man arrangements that there was something from Battle Network or for some reason Command Mission that I could justify it, but unfortunately <laughs> there wasn't. Not even Legends, no. No. Boo. What's Legends? Well, look. Okay, <laughs> some of us are a little bit more hopeful than you are, even though I've never played it. I don't really know what my hope is directed towards at this point. But You know what? In general, I am a hopeful and optimistic person, but after what happened with Legends 3, I do yeah. not have any hope about Legends. Oh, <laughs> I get, that, I get that you. Was, that was brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. I it, was, it was just too painful. I mean, I still sometimes use the artwork of Mega Man from Legends 3 as an avatar, just to remind myself. But Jeez. <laughs> Bear the weight of the cross. That's what Mike is like. <laughs> no, that's not until track five. Oh, yeah. No Ooh, crosses good, good, until good. track five. Good, good, good. Yeah. If you're feeling bad about your favorite video game franchises, just remember that Konami just released a series of Castlevania NFTs. Mm, 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 that's a great way mm. to honor our series' legacy. <laughs> I know. At least they also had that collection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's something, I guess. I don't know. I want to get the collection. It sounds good. Um, it's really anyway, good. we're off topic now. Let's talk about Smash Brothers. Castlevania so, is in Smash mean, Brothers. <laughs> just kidding. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's just so much talent. It is really, really hard 
very difficult to even know where to begin because we've got most RPG composers that you can think of have done something Yes, for Smash and a bunch of other famous composers that don't usually do RPG music have done some arranging. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, there was a lot. There was uh, uh, one thing that I actually forgot about until looking through songs again, but there is an arrangement of the shoot the me is it the me plaza i think it's the me plaza that mitsuda did which is just yes. hilarious oh, yeah. mitsuda did the me mitsuda arranged that mitsuda song. did the me plaza and um kumi tanioka did the we shop I yeah think. that's, nope. that's oh awesome <laughs> which is just great <laughs> it's amazing like i remember the the brawl three theme is done by um uematsu as well right um, so, right yeah there's a hell of a lot of big names in it i think what's really cool about smash generally is like sakurai he clearly loves RPGs. Like, mm-hmm. he absolutely adores them and he totally gets them. Like, you know, Sora, who is the last DLC character, plays like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And then, like, you saw his, like, did you see him with the, like, Sephiroth reveal trailer and the Sephiroth, like, demonstration? Like, yes. how much, like, passion and excitement he had for that. And it's like, Sakurai is, like, a fighting game fan and also a, a, an RPG fan. Like, yep. It's just really cool. And it all translates so well to Smash. So. Yeah, Those reveal really trailers, I mean, you can tell there's a lot of love for the subject matter every time. Yep, Ridley killing Mario, uh, Sephiroth <laughs> killing, no, Ridley killed Luigi. Yeah. Sephiroth almost killed Mario. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, they sure got dark. It did. <laughs> so where are we starting our, our Smash journey? Um, we are starting our Smash journey. Actually, yeah, let me mention when we were talking about how to organize the songs here, we decided to actually go generally chronological in terms of the smash games not the source materials so basically what we're doing today is we're going to introduce each of our songs as um, where they originated in smash even though i think almost everything here is still an ultimate um, because ultimate has most every arrangement from all the other games but you know just for fun we'll mention what smash game they started in and the original game the music is in so um we are starting with peter you have our first song of the day yeah so the first song of the day is going to be um the song i always associate with smash bros um hyrule temple from super smash bros melee nice yes the the very famous temple theme from zelda 2 um and then after that alana has our next song mm-hmm, i do uh, so i've got snowman which was uh debuted in super smash bros brawl and it's made its appearance in all three of the mother games that's true i don't know how many songs are in all three of the games not that i'm a big expert but i don't feel like many of them are in all of them not many there's a small collection but yeah Yeah. not many snowman is one of them Mm -hmm. which is cute yeah all right let's go listen to hyrule temple and snowman
Yeah, so like like I was saying, um, Hi- Hyrule Temple is probably the song I associate with Smash Bros. the most. It's um, it's a classic stage, um, and it's just such a memorable song for being for being from a Zelda game that like is kind of the black sheep of the series. It's sort of since become I think synonymous with it purely because of Smash Bros. and um, I think that's pretty cool. And in general, this song is just like it's just got such a serene tune to it. Like I just like. Um, you have that kind of like initial section where it's like kind of building it up and then um then it just goes like da dun dun da dun 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 da dun dun da dun 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 it's just it's it's so fun. It's just such a light, breezy song. Yeah. I I really love it too, and it's one it's one of the first songs you think of when you think of Smash Brothers. I think I agree with that. Um, and a lot of these we're going to be seeing kind of a common thing of what the callbacks are to the originals. And I love the wind effect, mm-hmm. and th- there's kind of like an echo on the bottom, like a that's kind of echoey like the original. So I love those callbacks in this song, and it does give it a kind of like exploratory, kind of serene feel. Um, and the wind effect draws you right in. That along with the, I noticed the first time they do the do 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 do, they do it at a higher pitch. So that, that to me kind of was a good cue that kind of makes it more of a fighting game track. It was sort of like the mm-hmm. fight announcement at the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is, yeah. But then yeah. it gets kind of serene from there. Yeah, and I think like there's definitely harp in the background as mm-hmm. well, which really adds to kind of the mystery side of things when you're exploring the temple in Zelda 2. Um, like I think this is a really, really good track. And like Peter, like, because I played a lot of melee when it first came out. Like, this is like the song. Because like, you've got like the combination of like it playing in adventure mode, and I played adventure mode so much. Like, it yep. plays when you're running through the temple with the like likes and the redeads, and then you've mm-hmm. got the stage, and you know, every, everybody just does like all pokeballs, like, and all stay down the bottom, don't you? Because really, like, Hyrule <laughs> Temple was like the first big stage I remember as well like it's the first like massive stage and I think it's the only one it's one of the only ones that's been in like every Smash game since it's come out like Fountain of Dreams is another one yeah it's just iconic it is yeah I love the use of percussion the snare drums and the cymbals throughout which just kind of drive like like drive the determining beat of the song like it makes it feel like very very fast paced like a frantic run through the temple and it's not like Hyrule Temple's an easy place in Zelda 2 like everywhere is difficult in Zelda 2 but like this kind of emphasizes that kind of um panic that kind of difficulty mm-hmm. and that kind of like fighting spirit for lack of a better term right now um that i think the song needed for smash um yep. but yeah there's a reason this song's like made its way until most games because it's just really really good you've got kind of like the the elegance of the temple with like the harp and the ascending mm-hmm. runs but then you have the percussion slaps that are like okay keep moving yep. it's dangerous we're fighting here <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone take this <laughs> thank you I had a brief moment before this where I was I was going to comment on how like popular the stage is, and then I, I stopped and I was like, wait, was it just me? But uh, oh, talking no, to everyone else, mm-mm. you know, I, I was pretty sure, but then, you know, you just doubt sometimes. Like, was I too, was that just what I always played and my friends always played? But I've seen memes of this stage on Facebook. Like, I think this is a pretty popular one in the Smash community. All right, yeah, so pretty much. I'm not caught up in my own head then. Nope. <laughs> it is kind of amazing, though, that, I know, you know, Peter, you mentioned it's the the Black Sheep. I would maybe argue that the CDI games are the Black Sheep, and maybe Zelda 2 is elevated to just a Gray Sheep. A Gray Uh, Sheep? But but the CDI CDI games never happen, so how can they be the Black Sheep? Oh, yeah, right. Right, that was just a fever dream I had. It is kind of amazing, though, like, that 
it became such an iconic part of Smash, given that, you know, it's Zelda 2. Like, you would really mm -hmm. think it would be something from the original or, you know, even A Link to the Past. But no, I'm like, it's really, it's really got stuck in there. And I think a lot of it is thanks in part to this great arrangement. I think mm -hmm. so. I think, I the, think so the fact too. that it was a really interesting and different and large stage, like Alana said, mm -hmm. and also this arrangement of the music. Yep. Yeah, and you had tons of Zelda characters because, like, you had young Link, Link, Zelda, and Sheik, and Ganondorf. It's like, Zelda had probably the the biggest. I think Zelda has the biggest representation in Melee, if I remember rightly. And so could, it gets yeah, like probably. that and Termina, um, which I don't like Termina as much as a stage, um, but yeah, it, it's just really, really cool. Um, yeah, I really love this stage. It's still one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. The reason you probably thought like that it wasn't as popular is probably just because both you and I have played with people who have, um, who definitely prefer their Smash stages a lot simpler. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Always mm -hmm. Final Destination. Mm -hmm. <laughs> final Destination <laughs> on Battlefield. Yeah, yeah no items. All right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely have this song really stuck in my head because. Mm. Yep we play this stage all the time it's, but i like i like that it it still has the same sort of feeling of the original that that kind of weird reverb or echo and it has this weird feeling of mystery um and a little bit of danger i guess because yeah Zelda the two is really hard um but e like the instrumentation is completely different I, I like that they completely changed the song but it still has that same kind of feel to it which is impressive to me yeah. um and and it's a little bit more upbeat so it does fit a battle theme more but it's not you know there's a lot of songs in smash that like went really you know there's a lot of electric guitar and stuff like that that are like look this is a battle theme we want to make sure you know it's a battle theme or like dramatic tempo changes like this is sped up a little but not as dramatically as some other yeah smash and songs. like I, I don't even mind those either but i like that they they mm -hmm. found a middle ground here for this mm -hmm. and it still works so it keeps that that mystery to it but it still feels like a battle song yeah it really stands out among all the other zelda arrangements as well like saying yep. like you've got like choral version of higher um the main theme you've got the version of gerudo's valley which ups the acoustic and also adds more percussion like yeah. a lot of the other zelda arrangements are brilliant and they all do very different things but this is still pretty unique in that it's like a dungeon theme is not is there any other dungeon themes that are arranged apart from like the dark well the dark world's not even a dungeon theme is it which is maybe my favorite smash arrangement of zelda but um Ooh, good yeah. question actually I mean, I'd have to look at a list to be sure, but I actually feel like a lot of them are not dungeon scene. Yeah. I know there are a lot. There's some boss themes. We've got yes. um, Ballad of the Goddesses. We've got Minna. Yeah. Character oh, themes, overworlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not so many dungeon. Although there's, I think there's some Link to the Past dungeon music. I think that might be a medley, though. Probably, mm. though. Yeah. Link, by the way, a character I used to play. Yeah, um. <laughs> I still play. Like, to get back into the swing of things, Link is my, like, okay, how do I play with swords? And then I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. And then I just move on. You know Kirby's down B, where he turns into, like, a weight or something really heavy? Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like that's Link all the time now. He's so heavy <laughs> now. Or maybe I just played with Toon Link so much that Link just feels really heavy in comparison. Could Probably. Be. Yeah. So, Okay. Speaking of chill. Mm. Speaking of Toon Link, here's a snowman. What? I don't know. What? I told you. Hillary had it and you spoiled it. I did. Okay. You did. What is what, what? what edit that out? Okay, right. Oh. Snowman. Um, so another old NES game really. Uh so Snowman originates from the very first mother game, but I think it's probably more famous from Earthbound and Earthbound. Winters. Yeah. yeah. Um this arrangement, interestingly, is um, 
Shoga, uh, Soji Sakai, um, who does a lot of Smash arrangements, actually. He did the Hyrule Temple one we've so just listened many. to. Um, but Shogo Sakai, um, who composed Mother 3, does this arrangement. And this version of Snowman, I found out today, is actually on an arranged expanded album called Mother 3 Plus. And largely is very, very, very similar in Smash to that album. It starts off differently on that album. Um, I will get a link for that because I think it's worth sharing with everybody because it is a really cool arrangement. It starts off way more Mother 3 style than um, <laughs> it does here. Um, it doesn't have the vocals, for example. Um, right. But it was really cool to find that out. Um, but yeah, like this is one of the few songs in the series that's played in all three main games. Uh, this arrangement is sort of based on the Mother 2 version, but like the Mother version is very, very sparse and stripped back, and then Mother 3 uses it very briefly as well. Um, but yeah, I think the main two things for me is that one, this does not sound like a piece of fake, and I really like it for that. And I think that it sticks out to me because I remember, um, I assume everyone had Brawl and played through the Subspace Emissary, which I kind of love still. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this plays in like the abandoned zoo area, I think, right before you right. fight Porky. Oh, um, God. And it really kind of emphasized that like sparse, abandoned, like mm-hmm. derelict area. Um, but I really think that Winter's music or Snowman is really, really beautiful. And I think this arrangement is gorgeous. Like, I think the vocals that happen right at the start, like the just brief, like choir. And then about like two thirds of the way through before it loops, um, it's just really, really gorgeous. Um, it's got a really steady beat, and it's very similar to the original arrangements anyway. Like this is the tempo is very similar to the Mother Two and Three versions, but yep. like it's not it's not very different. But I think it really lends itself to that because like you know by the time Brawl was out, like Earthbound was still I still haven't played Earthbound because it still didn't come out here, um, and it was still relatively obscure series so i was just glad glad enough that it was getting enough exposure um so yeah the vocals are relatively new to this version and also the drums as well and i think that's probably there's that bit sort of towards the minute part where it starts to pick up and the drums start to come in and the do 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 starts to pick up and it just really starts to drive the fight a little bit more like this kind of a it, it kind of sounds like to me this is like a piece of music that's like a determined sad march through a snowstorm so it like changes that like really calm I know it's calm anyway still but it changes like that overall calm mood to like more of a oh, we're gonna push through and do this and right. in that in that way it kind of works like it, it, it's a it's an unusual arrangement for a smash game which i think is why i wanted to bring it but it's always been like one of my favorites even before i knew where it was from what it played where it played and mm-hmm. everything I, I love that they kept the like the funky baseline i right? love that so much in the song my fa- one of my favorite things about it just that with the really pretty kind of chilly melody i love those two things together and i think they kind of this version does that really well. And I, I also had notes about the drum that comes in partway through. And I'm trying to remember, there's like a little wind interlude, and I think it comes before the, the stronger drum beat, so it's almost like you're you know, you're walking hmm. through the snow, and then it gets really chilly, and then you're like, oh, okay, but we've come this far, we have to keep going. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it makes me feel like if that bit comes in and I'm losing, I'm like, nope, you've got to keep going, you've got to win. But... <laughs> 
yeah, it always feels appropriate when I'm playing as Lucas and that comes on. But yeah. and it's so strange that we've never had like a winter's like themed level for Smash. Um, that's true, Mother. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, we have the ice climbers stuff, but other than that, it's like that's true. Oh yeah, yeah, that would fit on that stage actually. But I think it plays in Magicant possibly um, in Ultimate. No, I don't remember what stages are in Ultimate for Mother because I'm not allowed to play mm. any of the fun stages. So there you go. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, I think also an uh, interesting thing to note, uh, this song is the first example in our Smash selection of choir, which is used a lot mm-hmm. in these sweat Smash arrangements, kind of in the background to help sort of like break up and drive the action, but it still has kind of an underlying role. Yeah, the choir at the beginning of this is very striking. Oh god, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it kind of fills both roles in this song, actually, now that, now that you mention it. And we'll be seeing it used in both those ways more. Yeah. It's funny, I'm not like super familiar with, with the Mother series or its music, but it, even though I knew this track was called Snowman, um, when I started listening to it, it was actually giving me kind of a desert vibe just based on other video games. I think it has something to do with, um, I don't know what, what, what instrument is sort of doing the main motif, kind of like a, like a wind flute type instrument. Yeah, I get. I couldn't get that, yeah. Hand pipes or something, maybe. It's like a pipe, isn't it, I think, yeah. Some mm-hmm. sort of pipe flute. But it's the sort of thing I sort of, I feel like associate with like an oasis or something. But um, when you combine, but then no, looking at it from a winter perspective, it's like, okay, so having that tune with the percussion in the background, it is kind of like almost like lounge music, like something you'd be listening to inside on a cold winter's day. And I just, I really vibe <laughs> mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, weird for a Smash game, but then it works somehow for me. It is. No, I think that's one thing I like about it because I, I, I like the, the wind instrument, especially whatever it may be. Um, and, and the relaxation part of it. But um, I don't know if it comes up that much when I play the game, because I think it definitely doesn't feel like a fight song to me, but it's, like you said, it's interesting for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another case of, uh, when's the last time we talked about winter music? <laughs> about a few, a few episodes ago. But it's like, yeah. it's another case, it's another kind of song that really emphasizes that, like, you know, winter feel, <laughs> kind of sparseness. Bells. We Chrysanthemum in Winter was a track that someone oh, yes. chose recently. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Starish and one. Yep. Yeah. I, I hadn't considered the desert angle, so I, I'm going to listen to it again with that. So that's interesting. I wouldn't hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah, I guess if you think of like the sparseness of the music, like if there's two areas that are sparse, you know, the Antarctic and Antarctica are technically a desert, are they not? So like... Um, you you can see that sand snow <laughs> yeah. yeah what is it just like molecules yeah I mean either way it gets it gets everywhere Oh. Uh, I hate look, snow. Look, look, we spent like 15 minutes dusting off my car with snow yesterday, okay? Snow is a novelty in the United Kingdom, especially where I live. Like, well, it's not a novelty for most of the country, but certainly down where I live. It's oh. an extreme novelty. So. I'm not complaining. I still like it. Oh, I'm, I know. Apparently, I'm supposed to get sick of it once I live here long enough, but so far, I still like it. There you go. Okay. Are we ready to talk about more Mother Series music? Yeah. I think we are. Okay. What do you have, Hillary? All right. So, I picked a tune from Mother 3 uh, that shows up in Brawl. It's Unfounded Revenge slash Smashing Song of Praise. And unsurprisingly, Sakai was involved with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three in a row here. Right. I wanted to go with something I would, wouldn't normally pick. And I know there's a lot of Pokemon music in Smash. So, I decided to bring on Route 10 from Pokemon Black and White. And this was a Yokoshimamura arrangement. So, 
really excited about this one. Let's go listen to Unfounded Revenge slash Smashing Song of Praise and then Route 10 from Pokemon Black and White.
so we're ramping up the tempo a little bit in this block, which is good um, with this one. And there are two, so there are two main things that I wanted to bring up that are kind of important when we're talking about smash music that show up in this. And one of them is the fact that this is a medley a little bit, and there are some really great medleys in smash. So I wanted to represent that, um, but. I also wanted to point out, like this song points out something really fun about the Mother series in general that I also wanted to point out, which is the tendency to sample and take a bunch of music just kind of from our general cultural consciousness and use it. Um, and in this particular song, it's the beginning of Unfounded Revenge. It's loosely based off a Shostakovich symphony, which, so if you thought the beginning sounded kind of like Russian folk, like Russian dancing, um, you're kind of correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did think that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and again, Mother does that a ton to the point where I think in Earthbound, there were even licensing issues with some of the samples and music and- Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, so just wanted to point that out. And also it's just really, really fun. It has a kind of frantic energy that we haven't seen so far. Um, so I think it's kind of fun to transition to the more like composed block to this, just kind of like what is going on medley that's just very all over the place. It's funny cause like, given that these two songs are both, they're like mid boss themes, aren't mm -hmm. they? They're not really like boss themes. Um, they're yeah. always used against the pig mask army. Um, like there's this real dissonant mix of like goofy with like and militaristics with both the drums and the horns like we haven't had yeah. a lot of horns recently in this episode so like it's real they're, they're, they're like the two defining pieces of music especially in smashing song of praise which is way more militaristic in this version than unfounded revenge which yep. also has a bit of that like marching drum beat in mother three um but yeah, like as far as I can like remember, because it's been like a little while since I've played Mother Three. Um, this is definitely a lot faster than the original mm -hmm. as well. Um, definitely at more up tempo. Um, and I think I'm glad you said fun as well because like I was sitting there, I was just like, this is just stupid. Like <laughs> you know, it's like it really takes like the absurdity of you fighting like Nazi pigs basically and like ramps it up it does um, ramp up the absurdity my first note is that they got rid of the dramatic militaristic drums in the unfounded revenge yes at the version. introduction yeah, yeah right and they the added the claps which you yep. know that that if you want absurd there you go mm -hmm. and I, I just really love the way they made the two tracks overlap too because you go from something that's pretty on beat to the syncopated rhythm in smashing song of praise and it's just it's done really smoothly which which i appreciate always want mm. that in a medley mm. for sure i think it's cool that they do it as well and they do it quite a lot with the um, mother three music because mm -hmm. one mother three has a massive soundtrack i think it's like 250 songs if i remember yeah. rightly oh, um it was a large <laughs> but music is such a big part of the mother series in general like from you know the oh god the what are they called what's the band called Runaway Fire. Runaway Fire. Um, yep. And also, like, in Mother 3, like, part of the combat is rhythm-based. Like, you can do combos mm -hmm. based on following the beat of the song. song. And it's different yep. for every single song. And it feels easier to pick up on in these versions because, obviously, like, the percussion and the drum is so much more obvious. But Smashing Song of Praise is the one I was always really good at because it's just, like, <laughs> boom, 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 yep. boom. And it's, like, and it just, it like, it, it shows, like, combining these two songs together shows how, like, 
really meticulously the soundtrack was put together in the first place and mm-hmm. you know Sakai's got just a great like understanding of his own music which makes sense but like he translates it really well and just really ramps up the kind of chaoticness yeah and also the goofiness of it um also like I don't like New Pork City because like it was like kind of the second massive stage that they brought in I love New Pork City but I also don't like playing it but like that was my first ever exposure to one of those Chimera um, with a little duck on their head and they're oh, very cute but yeah. also yeah terrifying terrifying in Mother 3 but I associate this music with those That's oh yeah goofy and terrifying at the same time I say my two notes for this song were dancing and danger um, uh, the, beginning, <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> the, the, the beginning of the song is such a fast paced like bop like I feel like I'm just like bobbing my head around like oh yeah I can get into this and then all of a sudden it transitions into that like dun 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 like it's like oh now there's a fight happening at the club I need to get out of here um (laughs) (laughs) we're joined um so it's just I I really appreciate that like um it doesn't feel like there's it doesn't feel like there's any discord between it or anything but um, I just appreciate that transition. Yeah, this is really well put together. <laughs> yeah, Newport. Yeah, New Park City is a stage that I think if you have any less than at least four people, it just feels too big. Oh yeah. Um, I haven't played with you know the eight players that much. Uh, I think it's definitely meant for that. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but whenever anyone picks that one, I'm also just sort of like, oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, yeah, there's also that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a cool stage. Like, the layout is fun. It's just, it's so big if you have, don't have enough people. Yeah, and it's just a really cool, like, especially now having played Mother 3, like, all the little mm-hmm. see the whole of New Pork City, like, bundled together like that. It's very cool. Same with it. Magican, like yeah, having played through Earthbound, they just they do so much. They pack so much from the game in there, because it's a that one's a stage that changes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. All right, so I can't really talk about how parts of the song sound like Russian folk music because they literally are now. Well, they're mo- yeah, they're modeled after it. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. No, you got it correct. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I did. I I think it's the closest we can ever get to having some of the cool like Tetris arrangements from Smash on here. So you Ooh, know, I'll, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of familiarity with the original, but I do like. You know, I still listen to it before this, and I do like that this one picks up the pace more uh, compared to the original songs, and just it lends itself really well to Smash and being fight. <laughs> this is the one where everyone's running around, and it's like a really crowded stage, and no one really knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah, yeah, don't play it in New Park City unless you have eight people. Yeah, it is It is pretty frantic, but I think it works very well mm-hmm. because of that. Um, okay. Pokemon. Uh I, I told you before the show, Peter, and actually probably Alana too, but I know Peter. I'm sure you know this song. Um, I, I have not played Black and White, but I still like this arrangement very much. So I brought it, but you know, if you want to add in some context when we get to it, like I would appreciate that. Um, so I didn't only pick this because uh, Yoko Shimomura did the arrangement, but I certainly don't mind that fact. Um, I just The strings on this, I just think are beautiful. And it's there's a lot of Pokemon music in Smash, and some are definitely more high energy. So this is like a little bit more low key compared to some of those. But I still think that the rhythm of it and the strings, like it, it ups the tempo a bit from the original. Um, even though I was surprised um, listening to them back to back, like it's not like drastically different from the original song. It's um, not. No, even the instrumentation is really similar. I yeah. was about to say you've got that accordion sound. And then yep. I think the arrangement adds that really cool 
just strong, strong violin. Yeah. But right. the, the instrumentation in both the original and the arrangement kind of toss the parts around, toss the melody around in a way that feels really nice and natural and fluid. So I think the arrangement captures that from the original really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, Route 10 is the um, the part in black and white where you're the road, that, the path that leads to Victory Road, where um, they, uh, uh, they, have, uh, they, yep. they, have the, they have the gates that check your gym badges. Um, so yeah, no, this song definitely has got that feeling of like we're on our way to like the end of our journey um, and uh, and gearing up for a big final fight. Nice. I think you actually fight one of the rivals here um, too. Um, but yeah, in you general, do. You I fight just, Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fun because that's like he's got this whole character arc going in black and white. But um, yeah, this is a great arrangement. Um, I, I just yeah, like like you said, Mike. Like I just I love the strings in this. Like that just Sh- Shimomura and string instruments, man. Oh, no, mm-hmm. definitely. Strings and pianos. Yep. Mm-hmm. It really, really elevates this piece in my estimation. Yeah, and like what you said, Hillary, about like the accordion and the violin. I feel like not only do they like flip around the melody a little bit but like they almost replace each other at parts of the songs in the beginning like you start off with the harpsichord and the original starts off with a guitar I think the guitar is present here again but it comes in like much later and it like pushes forward like like there's a determination about this but there's certainly like a calm resolute reflective determination that I think is kind of a positive spin on it because like yeah. by the time you get to Victory Road I always feel like I don't ever feel like I'm nervous like I've done eight gyms I've got this like I think Exactly. I feel look pretty good come, in myself. Look how far I've come. Exactly, yeah. And especially like um, with Sharon in black and white, um, as Peter said, like he has a bit of a story arc, which um, comes to like fruition in black and white too, where he becomes a gym leader. Um, so it's um, really cool to have that like fight and then see match that up with that. But yeah, this arrangement is gorgeous. Like I do love how like the harpsichord becomes the violin and it becomes the harpsichord or the accordion again and then they both play together um and it just like enhances like that very much kind of like last stage of the journey kind of perspective that i think this arrangement really captures like i think the only real difference between this arrangement and the original is just that the original is a little bit slower and maybe a bit more somber but like there's definitely a kind of somberness and a seriousness to black and white that a lot of other pokemon games don't really have given that it's a lot more story driven than the rest of the series or it's story driven to a point where actually i think it's a good story um so yeah i just think that like shimbora does some really cool stuff with this song and like a lot of the pokemon arrangements are brilliant anyway but this has long been one of my favorites from one of my favorite games so yeah, super, super good, and I'm glad it's here. Don't mind me. I'm looking at the instrumentation on the original Route 10 because I'm curious. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Black and White has a really good soundtrack, actually. In it general. really does. Yeah, a long soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. Again. That's like, a, mm, all the Pokemon discs? soundtracks look like long. it. Yeah. 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 We still don't have a Sword and Shield soundtrack. It's kind of in that sweet spot for Pokemon where it's like, we, we, we aren't 3D yet, so we have like the best sprite work in the entire series. And we've got mm-hmm. this just like fantastic chiptune soundtrack that takes like full advantage of the DS's hardware. It's just like uh, black and white is sublime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I know we're almost inevitably going to get black and white remakes eventually. But after playing Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I'm kind of over here like maybe don't. 
<laughs> and just port them instead. Just port them instead. I'd play a, I'd play ports of black two and white two. Then I don't have to spend two hundred dollars on a copy. That's true. Oh god, yeah. Maybe they should combine. They should just do straight up one version and combine the two of them. Oh, like yeah. that would be way more sensible at this point. <laughs> but yeah, we don't know what they're gonna do. They'll probably just be remakes, which would be cool. I'm really interested to see that. But yeah, I certainly have skipped over Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl because Gem Four is not one of my favorites anyway. And trying to reassess my feelings on the Pokemon series in general, but Black and White are like my favorite or second favorite games anyway, so I'd probably pick them up regardless. Very, very off topic, but yeah, they are super bare bones remakes. Like I, I liked them because I haven't played Gen Four before, but uh, yeah, mm. if, if you if you already had, I'm not entirely sure what the um, appeal would be unless you're just super nostalgic. Yeah. Or at the very least, don't want to spend the money for the originals. Oh god, yeah, yeah they're so fair. expensive. What the hell? Speaking as someone who recently sold a copy of Diamond on eBay. Ooh, um, nice. Thanks, pandemic. Well, I mean, it's also been out of print for how long? That's true, but I feel like the oh, price yeah, of well. retro games skyrocketed during the past couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of good Pokemon arrangements in Diamond and Pearl, like the Dialga Palkia battle theme is really good in Smash and also Cynthia's um, the um, champions music mm-hmm. such good arrangements so they're mm-hmm. already brilliant in the originals anyway so yeah if people want two more like Pokemon arrangements go check out do those two because they're fantastic keeping uh, the bar high yeah good. oh yeah also good options you know what else is a good option what's that your next pick yes. yeah are you are you not lamenting my next pick then <laughs> why would I lament Castlevania music Mike I don't know um yeah so it's interesting that I need to actually check the game um I assume that the website I was looking at has this accurate, but the song from Lament of Innocence is just titled Lament of Innocence, but I think it's actually supposed to be Leon's theme. It is Leon's, it is Leon's theme. theme. It's called. Yeah. yeah it's I called. mean, it's supposed to be, but I, I don't remember what it's called in Smash. Do they actually say Leon's theme? I'll have to look again. But I think, I think it's called Lament of Innocence because I think it's, Leon's theme is essentially like the main theme. Maybe right. It's been a while since I've played Lament of right. Innocence. And it's but... also titled Lament of Innocence, I think. I know. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to make sure Leon himself gets some representation. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, Leon is one pretty, one pretty Belmont amongst many pretty Belmonts. The first pretty Belmont. That's true. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So, so my first song in the next block is Lament of Innocence from Castlevania, Lament of Innocence. And then after that, we have a song from Peter. And yours is an Ace arrangement, right? Yes, arranged by Ace. Nice. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then my pick is going is um Lost in Thoughts All Alone from Smash Ultimate's uh soundtrack. This is um one of many arrangements of the Fire Emblem Fates theme. Um this one by Masato Koda. Um, and this this is the version that doesn't is all orchestral and doesn't have the um, the lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. So we have two new new challengers, two new series mm. this block. Yes.
So Lament of Innocence slash Leon's theme. Um, you know, it, it must have been a tall order to arrange a song that was already really suited to a battle theme in the first place. Um, I think uh, the slight change in instrumentation here that Ace did gives it a an interesting twist. Like it's a little bit different from the outset, but um, once you get to about 35, 36 seconds, there's this choir that comes in and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it's emotional, it's haunting, um, and uh, even though like this was an arrangement done for Smash, I think it's really notable that the choir and that style of singing and the style of the song, like all of it actually would also work if you reinserted it into a Castlevania game. Oh so, my god, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it I think it's really, really genius that it, it works. It's a new twist that works for a fighting game, but they kept it true to Castlevania music or like a gothic theme. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. this is great. I kind of feel like Ace almost like just, I don't want to like simplify this like analysis, but they almost like unmidied this song basically. Um, so like they just replaced all of the MIDI sounds with, I don't know, they probably weren't using MIDI on the PlayStation 2. Um, but like, like you say, like if there's three, if there's like two instruments again, I associate with Ace, it's like pianos, violins, and guitars. So that's three instruments, never mind. Um, but um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I think to like expand on something you were saying, like it sounds like it come from a Castlevania game. Like I think if there's a series I can consistently identify like the um, arrangements from, if you just like wiped my brain of any Smash knowledge and just put down a soundtrack in front of me and went, okay, what game's this from? I think I could get every Castlevania one, not just because like I'm a big fan of the series, but just because like I think Castlevania benefits from being like you know every single song in a Castlevania game has to sound like appropriate for the area, but also give some kind of like driving momentum and also some like combat like kind of push for some determination because you know it's an exploration game and you're wandering around areas that you're going to be fighting enemies for and the music doesn't change like in an rpg where you get into a fight and it's like cue battle music unless you're like fighting dracula or something um Mm -hmm. but yeah like lament of innocence this arrangement the choir is easily my favorite part of this um but yeah i do love it like like 220 um where all of the instruments just come together. Um, yeah. But I really think like that intro to this song is really what cues you in. Like, there's no, mo- you know, like the Bloodstained song when you're on the boat, um, where it, like the violins come in, the very first level of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Like it has that really like dramatic, gothic opening. And I feel like so many Castlevania tracks, or at least Michiri Amane, like starts off so many like iconic songs mm-hmm. from the series. And that sort of kind of similar, like, and things like that. Um, but yeah, it got so good this yeah. game. One I, minute. I yeah. think that's one of the reasons, too, like, you identify so many of like Castlevania music and can point it out so well is because she is so good at capturing that sound. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't remember if she started before Symphony of the Night, but like, definitely since Symphony of the Night, like, she definitely became the sound of the series. She did some work on the Sega Master System, mm-hmm. the Genesis one, sorry, um, Bloodlines, um, and then Symphony of the Night was the first one she did fully. I say, I absolutely adore um, the electric guitar in this song, like, when that kicks in. Um, this whole song, mm-hmm. Ca- Castlevania in general, has always kind of given me like a rock and roll rock opera aesthetic, like that heavy metal kind of super. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the kind, it, it, where everything is kind of over designed, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Um, that that aesthetic that lends itself that you see on like heavy metal album covers, and um, <laughs> so so when you've got all of the instruments coming together at that bit in the Lament of Innocence song, it just really it just really um, 
I, I was headbanging along to this. Like, I feel like I should be in a mosh pit somewhere. So not just gothic, but intensely gothic. I yes, yeah, it's I like it's, it's really like tracking. It, Go ahead. Go ahead or, oh, okay. I was just gonna say. I was just saying. Like, yeah, I was agreeing. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. You, there, there's like two levels. It's like you go to gothic. You go to like intense gothic, where it's like, yeah, you've got that like escalation over the course of the song that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I found myself kind of tracking that actually when I took my notes. I was like, okay, you have the female voice, and it gets kind of chaotic because you have some like note runs and like fast running notes in the background. Then it cuts to just vocals and percussion. But then you have the bells, which are yeah. definitely a cue to me that like, oh, things are getting real. And the guitar coming in between 1 and 120, and that really amps it up. So it, it was just really neat to like go through the song and track how it builds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, once again, like slightly different use of choir than we've heard in other tracks, but really effective and very much Castlevania. Oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like Ace have played enough Castlevania games <laughs> to get it. Like... There's not really any gothic equivalents in Xenoblade, actually, um, so it's a really... It, I mean, it works for their style of, like, music completely. Um, I mean, intensely gothic is, like, the perfect way to describe it, really. Is it really Castlevania music if it's not intensely gothic? Like, Not really, really no. And what's more gothic than I Am The Wind? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I brought that up. It pretty much just ground the conversation to a halt, but, yeah. <laughs> It's one of your old jokes. It's fine. I'll let it pour. Well, you know, it wasn't really the proper segue to to Peter's song. I know. I was thinking, like, wait, how it, is it, it Fire ground, Emblem Gothic? <laughs> As I say, it ground it ground the conversation to our to a halt and left us in our thoughts all alone. Ooh. Yeah. See, there you go. See, it, that was that was my plan. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This, this and, and yeah, Lost in Thoughts All Alone is one of my favorite pieces of video game music, like ever, which is funny when you consider that it's in a video game i absolutely despise um uh i wish i liked fire emblem fates more so that i could appreciate this song more and um and also Korra as a character is like one of my favorite smash characters which again is always something that i found very ironic um but in general this is just such a good song like this mo this motif is kind of the main theme of fire emblem fates and it plays constantly um it's normally a vocal theme with a with um, lyrics. Um, in, in there's a jap there are Japanese version and an English version, um, and that kind of underscore the journey that uh, the character goes on and the divide between the two nations that Corin hails from. But um, what I appreciate about this orchestral version is that it's just so bombastic. Like this is like um, it really does feel like this kind of like soaring triumphant version of that song. Um, that really fits the the the, the style of smat of Smash Bros. Like, oh, we're here to we're here to throw down, and this is like my entrance music. Um, but um, it and it also kind of goes in line with the other Fire Emblem remixes that you've got in the game. Um, but uh, I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts on this because I don't because I, I don't know if y'all have the same like personal love hate relationship with Fire Emblem Fates that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it. I'm very hit and miss on Fire Emblem anyway because I don't really love strategy RPGs. I've played a couple of them um, and I like them, but Fates was one I avoided because of the fact there were three games and I was like, hmm, I don't want to play three games. Like, I was just kind of like that. And then the reception. It was so odd. Such a, yeah, um, this arrangement is really beautiful though. Like uh, Fire Emblem music again. Like Smash is like like Mother. Like Smash introduced me to Fire Emblem at this point because like you know we hadn't had a Fire Emblem game ever when Melee came out and like Martha and Bray came out. 
and we were like, who are these people? And <laughs> then, like, you know, Fire Emblem 7 came out over here as just Fire Emblem, and there you go. It's, like, one of Nintendo's best properties at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I remember hearing the original song, which is really... Well, the main original version, like, the vocal version that plays when... Oh, God, the... What is her name? What's the name of the dancer? What's the name of her character? Um, Azura. Oh, wow, I just looked... I, Okay, I just looked that yeah, up. Yeah, Azura, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that one, it's like her vocal piece, isn't it? Or like it's the least associated with her at some points. And that's the version mm-hmm. I'm really familiar with. So this is like massively different. Um, yeah, like I think it's interesting you use, like described it as bombastic because it starts off that way, certainly. But this song really goes through the motions. Like mm-hmm. 148, mm-hmm. it like slows down a lot. Yep. And then the percussion like comes in and gets heavier. Um, the horns come in and then it like, which I feel like are really strong staples of a lot of the Fire Emblem arrangements in Smash. But then it like swaps again to something really light on your feet. And like it starts off louder than it ends to me. And then it like loops back, which I think... Again, it's very like military style music. Like it's going through the whole things of like a fight. Like, you know, you start off really energetic, you go in and then you sort of like, as the tide shift between the two sides, then the music changes up to match like who's winning, who's losing and things like that. And I think this song does use vocals very gently in the background. Like you can very faintly hear a choir at certain points throughout, yep. um, which is a vast contrast to like the version i'm thinking of where it is a vocal piece (laughs) entirely um right it's kind of a character singing exactly yeah um but and a lot of the fire emblem tracks again use choir like the fire emblem theme they brought in in brawl which is literally an entire choir just singing in latin um (laughs) it's so good uh but yeah this is gorgeous um it really ramps up the like (laughs) fire emblem smash slump that I think a lot of Fire Emblem tracks do. Um, so yeah, it's really, really cool. So Peter, you mentioned this is a, a recurring theme in the game, so in in Fates there's an instrumental version too? You know, um, I wish I could say, because I didn't. I don't think I, again, I bounced off of Fates really hard, so I, oh, okay. I don't know if they play just in or uh, the title screen music in Fates is a really downbeat piano version of this song. And then there's two different lyrical versions, one for each of the nations, and then like another version that's like a unity, like combined version of the, the two of them. Um, so it does come up very often. Okay. Um, so and 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 I think it's fitting too because I'm pretty sure like all of the rendition, all the music from Fire Emblem Fates that's in Smash are versions of this song. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is. Mm-hmm. I think the other the other thing uh, that kind of technically ties us into Mother the mother games is that uh like mother three fire emblem fates has a gigantic soundtrack oh god yeah, it's huge I mean, isn't it isn't it three games <laughs> i feel like it's four or five discs or something that sounds about right yeah i remember it coming out and marco saying like who wants this huge soundtrack yeah it was just so <laughs> daunting the idea of reviewing that um yeah i think well even though there, there are vocal and non-vocal versions of this i do kind of like the idea of pairing this with the previous song because I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that the last song, one of the defining things about it in, in this arrangement was the addition of the vocals. And then to me, if you're comparing this to the vocal version from Fire Emblem, the big thing that differentiates mm-hmm. it is the fact that they removed the vocals. Oh, I mm-hmm. guess they didn't really remove them if there are instrumental ones, but you know, that's what I listen to, like back to back to compare original to Smash. And um, I like it. So- I, I like that it, it does. the vocals are beautiful, but I, 
I do like this one that it you can focus on just mm-hmm. the music. And it leaves room for some horns and some drums and a cool little piano interlude. Yeah. It does, yeah. So there are seven discs and a DVD. Okay, <laughs> I knew there was a DVD. I didn't know if it was one of the six or seven, but yeah, it's so much. It's eight. Eight discs, oh and each gosh. disc has got like 17 to 21 tracks on it from what I could... Oh, God, no. Um, oh, is that the DVD? This is just me looking at the soundtrack like live. Okay, yeah, there's like 17 to 20 songs on each song, and then the DVD itself has got uh, all 115 songs on it. <laughs> Amazing. It's 414 wow. minutes long. There you go. Take half a day and listen to Fire Emblem Fates music. Mm, sounds so bad. Hmm. I was going to say, yeah, that's the worst ways you can spend your time. Yeah. I dropped right. another our- version in the uh, Slack chat. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Ooh, nice. Are, are we ready for our last last block here? What could it be? Mm. Mm. Very mm. recent stuff. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, some of the most recent music, at least for our purposes in Smash, are some arrangements from Final Fantasy VII. Yay! So we just have a Final Fantasy VII Smash block. Woohoo! <laughs> so, and Hillary and Alana, this is... This is your section, so I'll let you guys introduce yours. Okay. Um, so I struggled because I wasn't sure about bringing on two songs from the same game, but I just could not let this really cool arrangement of Cosmo Canyon by Yoko Shimomura go. I, I, I had to bring it on. So that is my pick. I'm glad you didn't because it was one of the ones I was thinking of, but <laughs> I also thought like, nope, I have to bring this song because one, this Aerith theme, and two... Kate Chiyokabe rearranged it, so I had to bring it. Like, it was like a legal obligation, so. <laughs> Here you go, Eris theme by Kate Chiyokabe. Oh, one of the best arrangements, one of my favorite arrangements ever. So, yeah. And Okabe's not a name we've seen on a ton yep. of Smash arrangements yet, so that's exciting. I'm not sure. Has he done any before this one? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so, but I am going to double check that really quickly. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, while you're checking, we'll go listen to some music and come back. So let's let's go listen to Cosmo Canyon and Aerith's theme.
So Cosmo Canyon, I just really love this instrumentation, which is part of the reason I had to bring this on. I think the original track kind of lost out in that respect just because of the constraints of music and games at the time. So really happy to bring this on for that reason. Um, such good flute and I love the guitar strumming. Um, and I just really like, she, like, this is another example of a smash song, big surprise that really builds up the intensity as it goes through. Um, and I noticed Shimamura doing that with this ascending runs toward the end of the first melodic phrase. And then there's strings. And then there's another interlude to kind of break up the action. But she just does such a good job of building it up. So I don't know. I'm just really excited about it. And like, I think of the songs we brought on, I think this one is one of the more sped up. But I actually, I don't mind the increased tempo. I really don't. It's just kind of a slightly different mood, but it still feels very Cosmo Canyon to me. Right. It still has the right kind of instrumentation. Just, mm -hmm. It just sped up because I think the original, well, I'm, I'm getting into my notes already, but the original, the, the pace it was at, I don't think would lend itself to Smash quite as well. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it works, but it still, it feels more like a battle song. I like the, the more pronounced drums. Um, so like it's very recognizable as what it is, even though it's definitely a different version of it. Um, and, and also, can, can we talk for a second about... Oh, no. Can we talk about Hillary's very first note on this song being, I love the instrumentation, Crying Eyes. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It is. I didn't see that. It's just cute. Oh, um, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fast... You're right about the faster pace. Like, it had to be like that. Because I saw a lot of people, like, were a bit mixed on it. Because actually, really, like, if I'm thinking of arrangements of songs like Cosmo Canyon is not one of the first things I would think of to rearrange so seven yeah exactly I think it's a really interesting pick and it's actually a song that doesn't tend to get a lot of love in arrangements either even though it's a really lovely song like it's so different and especially now since we've had remake like it's different to even the Red 13 version of Cosmo Canyon which itself is a variant of Cosmo Canyon's theme um, but to me like what's really cool is like the original sounds very much like you know a a canyon village or a canyon town which right. is basically it's an what it area is. theme but this sounds like a jig sounds like an irish jig to me right the <laughs> pipes the wind the the way the drums and the like bells are used throughout like there's almost like i don't know what the name is for like feet like ankle bells or like bells that you wear on your body and things like that stuff you wear in morris dancing and stuff it's kind of like that um <laughs> but like it, it starts off with like that very like earthly kind of i don't want to say tribe kind of like like Theme, but it, and then at like 57 it's it switches to like that way more like kind of like jiggy upbeat music and um, i love the use of i don't know whether it is a glockenspiel but let's go with that um but like the glockenspiel and the guitar towards the end of the song are really really fun um it almost sounds like a daytime version of like what cosmo canyon would be yeah oh i like that if final fantasy 7 was xenoblade this would be the daytime version of it there, um, there we go yeah, yeah exactly daytime people are out and about Maybe some of them are high energy. Maybe some of them are dancing. Maybe maybe some of them are, are awkwardly trying to equip some ankle bells on Red 13, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what they could do with it in Remake, considering they, you know, they expand on, on chunks of the game quite a bit in the first part. That's going to be so interesting to explore Cosmo Canyon more. I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm. I imagine it would be fairly large. Yeah. I feel like they could really expand the scope of it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great arrangement though. I, I'm 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 very fond of the flute in this as well. Um, it just makes the whole place feel very serene. Um, 
and tranquil and isolated, kind of. Like, it's got, that sounds like you've stepped into something that is separate from the rest of the world. Mm, such a different location than Final Fantasy VII anyway. Um, it's interesting because it kind of doesn't go with either of the Final Fantasy VII stages we've got in um, <laughs> Smash, yeah. which right. is very fun. I like that, though. Like I say, it's such an unusual pick for an arrangement, but I'm glad they did it because I... It's one of my friend's favorite like seven songs so it's always really cool um it's a it's got some like a couple of like shimamora staples but it definitely sounds very different to a lot of stuff that i'm like extremely familiar with like i think it probably is more way more in line with like her mana stuff which makes sense i mean that use of strings though mm-hmm. like, yeah it's really great the way they get brought in and and it is i think it is kind of important to mention because both are picks really like you, you they would not be your first thought for seven music and I don't, you're right there's a little bit of a disconnect between them and the stages that are available from final fantasy seven but it's great to see them there nonetheless mm. yeah well, yeah especially since you know when when cloud was added to smash they didn't really get to add well they didn't add any arrangements there was a limited selection of music yeah, yeah it was just fight and fight on wasn't it yeah yeah which are you know those are the right choices to start with, but I'm glad when they added Sephiroth that they added so many more uh, seven songs and got some arrangements in there. Really fleshed out the selections. Yeah, I think Eris' theme is more of an obvious pick because it's so iconic. Yep. Um, and there's a lot more you can do with it, for sure, because we've already got some like sad arrangements, but like Cosmo Canyon is just like a town theme. There's nothing like really intense about it. There's nothing like it's just Cosmo Canyon is like the hub of knowledge and where a lot of the knowledge about the ancients and the planet mm-hmm. comes from anyway, other than Aerith. But right. Yeah. It's just such a cool pick. But speed it up and get those drums going and it, it works. Sure does. All right. Well, speaking of Aerith theme, <laughs> we'll jump straight into it, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so epic. Oh, it's so good. And like when I, I don't usually watch like reveal trailers for Smash characters or any of um, like any of the like showcases where they show off the characters. But like given like that it was Sephiroth, not Sephiroth's like my favorite villain, but like given how iconic he is in you know like you couldn't have picked like a more one people didn't expect it because like we've already got seven representative and two like it's damn sephiroth like the sword's like eight foot long and you're gonna want to try that out for definite um but yeah like i remember the trailer playing and like obviously they show they gave you like a snippet of all of the music and when eris theme came on i was like that's a kabe i was like there's no way that isn't and then i remember looking it up and i was like it's definitely a comedy. Wow, I was very happy about that. It's the vocals. Yep. It's the way the choir is used in this yep. song. Because actually, this is pretty different from like at least most near music to me because like essentially like if you everyone's familiar with Eris theme like Eris theme is incredibly sad it's incredibly like beautiful it's incredibly slow this is like the absolute opposite of it it's like if Eris theme was a piece of credits music um it's an extremely up-tempo celebratory version of it it mm-hmm. kind of the way the piano and the harp is used is just it really is uplifting um it's like the vocals are like Aerith herself or the ancients are singing it and the plucking of the harp is just really really gorgeous but yeah it's like one winged angel is in this game as well i think the avant children version the original version and like a short rearrangement maybe um um but like it's like the total opposite of that like one winged angel is like this intimidating song whereas this is like almost like if if you're gonna do seven remake traditionally and you fight sephiroth at the very end of the game you'd almost have the first phase is one winged angel and then the last phase is this because Mm -hmm. you're using the power of the planet and relying on Aerith herself to like 
beat Sephiroth and there's this like really gorgeous like victory version. Triumphant, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really think it captures like this like correct interpretation of Aerith um, that Remake has kind of run with in that she is this positive, beautiful, energetic, life-affirming force of energy and this song like is absolutely all of that like it just makes me feel really good and like i i love playing to this piece of music so much because it's just so good but yeah i i know like eris theme is like very it's been arranged a ton of times and it always goes for that softer version and there's like plenty of piano arrangements that like mm -hmm. lean on the happiest slant but this is like definitely way more of like you know what we're not going to mourn Aerith anymore she would want us to celebrate her and this is the piece of music we're going to do to celebrate her so right it's yes, not more fantastic yeah yeah which is um funny given uh akabe's track record and near music like yeah, that's but, hopeful. Right. but yeah, it's hopeful music but yeah <laughs> i was gonna say but i think a lot of okabe's music like a lot of the really memorable tracks do actually kind of lean on the yes like well there's hope. There's a little bit of triumph. You have to notice the, the moments of triumph. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like this arrangement of Aerith's theme kind of leans on that. And it's, it's another example of that. And I think the thing that struck me as very Okabe-like was the use of the vocals. Because you have that uh -huh. single vocal on the, on the melody with the harp. And then the choir takes over and you have this big sound. And that's that's very, like, near an Okabe to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could totally see them doing something like this in Remake, like you said. Um, it's got that, like, uplifting, triumphant, like, the return of the life stream and the Ancients theme going. And without getting into specific spoilers from Remake, but with some of the story stuff they're doing in that... Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, we do wind up getting a very different take on Aerith um, by the end of, of it, depending on how it all plays out. And Okabe, Okabe is just fantastic. Like, the choir in this is just out of this world. Mm -hmm. He knows how to use vocals. Oh god, yeah, for sure. Can we talk about the fact that maybe it's slightly ironic that Aerith's theme was added to Smash when, when Sephiroth was added? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, well, maybe not, because, you know, she's, she ultimately has to triumph. Well, that's true. I mean, they're obviously, exactly. they obviously do have a, a certain tie to each other, but <laughs> yeah. I, um... I also would never have guessed they would have adapted this. I guess I wouldn't have guessed either of these songs would be added to Smash, but yeah. It was a nice surprise for sure. It was. Yeah. I do like that it it has those those dramatic vocals and there's a bit more bass to it than you might expect, but it's still it's still a beautiful song and still there's some touches that still make you think of the original song, even though it is more up tempo and yeah. energetic. You you can't escape that melody. Like No, I mean it's it's you know, the last note I wrote is basically that it's just, I think it's just a brilliant arrangement, but I wouldn't expect any less from Okabe. Nope, we wouldn't. I love, like, maybe, like, last thing I'll say, but, like, I love how it starts differently as well. Like, mm -hmm. the original just starts with the really slow piano, doesn't it? It goes, do, 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 do. And then this instead starts in the bit where it's, like, it almost takes the bit in the original song, which is where you really start, like, you're, where you would probably start to cry, right? It's like the bit where, like, Cloud, like, lays her in the water and she, like, descends down because it's the do, 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 do. But this one is, like, it bursts out and you're like, oh, my God, like, this is, this isn't sad anymore. It's like, I'm, <laughs> if I'm crying, it's like, I'm a, it's a good feeling kind of thing. It kind of reminds me of the rendition that um, they had in the, the live orchestral 
concert that they do that also starts at a different part of the song um and uh and yeah i could definitely see this being like again not saying they're gonna do this but you want to bet there's going to be a way to save Aerith or Aerith's going to come back because of some multiverse stuff in Remake Part 2 or 3 or whatever. can totally see this kicking in when she walks in. But, I mean, you can bring her back in the original. Don't you remember if you, like, go into the church and press a certain combination of buttons or whatever mm. all those urban legends were at the time? You can right. see her ghost. And you have to, like, sw- and you have to, like swap discs. Yes. Gold. I mean, a lot of people went very out of their way because they wanted her back. Right. I mean, I understand it. Yep. She's a, she's Get a up. character that that inspires dedication in people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which sure. is why this arrangement is perfect for her. Mm-hmm. It's very unifying. I mean, one of us on this show even like wrote a whole like feature article about her. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Maybe we should link that in the show notes. Good call. You can do that. Yeah. I will do that. Well, we have a few other things to link, I think. You mentioned some earlier, so there'll be some fun links there. Oh, we should also link to like a list of all the weird music references in another another series. Oh, okay. Yeah. You get me those links and I'll put them in there. I'll try and find a source for that. Okay. Yeah. This is just such a breadth of stuff. Like, it's so cool to see like a lot of these tracks rearranged because again like when is mother music ever get arranged outside of like a couple of like fan albums and actually pokemon ar- pokemon arrangements have picked up in the last couple of mm-hmm. years like zelda's popular final fantasy's popular like fire emblem is again like you only really get those big albums mm-hmm. castlevania gets a couple um and then obviously there's like games obviously like looking at dlc characters alone like we've not covered persona we've not covered um like zeno anywhere at all um there's there's tons of zelda stuff we could have picked um and just a bunch and bunch of other things i think it's worth noting that zeno and dragon quest like both kind of lost out in in smash in terms of getting those original four smash arrangements sadly yeah, which I'm I'm sure we might have brought something like that here, but I think uh, actually I didn't actually technically like put that as a rule, but I I had a rule for myself where I didn't want anything that was in Smash that was really an arrangement from another game. Like there's a ton of Castlevania music, there's a lot of Dragon Quest, and a lot of them are remixes or arrangements, but they were remixed for like a previous Castlevania. Like for me, I stuck with arrangements that were arranged for Smash. But there is a lot in the game that we just didn't didn't technically fit with what we were doing here. Yeah, I tried to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, certainly like the Castlevania has got a couple of arrangements from Judgment, that fighting game, which um, actually didn't really happen. Like, so it's just a it's just a lone music soundtrack. Yeah, it was that fighting game with the really bizarre character designs. Like, I forgot about that. The like the they almost look like OC character designs, and I'm like, all right, sure, like (laughs) on the Wii. Um, But yeah, it's actually really just a soundtrack. no video game associated with that it's interesting they would make a soundtrack to a game that didn't Mm -hmm. exist huh right the music is actually really good though that's the really (laughs) annoying thing like that version in i can't remember what song it is um in in, uh, smash bros from judgment but it's such a good version of whatever it was um but yeah like it's there's just so much stuff like you know even like characters that don't get represented outside of like um sorry steven uh, uh assist trophies of the golden sun um, oh, i thought about Isaac. the golden sun arrangement yeah <laughs> button kytos gets a couple of um yeah. tracks in there as well um and yeah there's just a real 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 some like real japanese only stuff as well it's great so good 
when's Metroid going to be an RPG though? That's the real question. So I can bring Norfair on like, right. You know, I even, you know, I said earlier, I looked to see if there was any of the RPG Mega Man games. I just, just for fun. um, I knew it wouldn't be on there. I also looked at the list of Sonic music because there is one Sonic RPG. Um, Yeah. But the music's bad in the Sonic RPG. It's bad. (laughs) That's why it's not here. (laughs) I know. I played that day one. Oh, that game that it, game is an it's, aberration it's so weird it's so even now like decades later it's so weird to think that one there was a sonic rpg and two bioware made it right. bizarre yeah bioware doesn't make games just kidding <laughs> they make experiences now don't they i'm so i'm I'm still bitter about anthem don't mind me <laughs> well i'm i'm i don't really have a horse in the race but i do hope that they they are doing something interesting with Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest, Dragon <laughs> Quest by Bioware. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Well, can you imagine though? I'd love that. Actually, yeah, that would be really great. interesting. Maybe that's what the new Dragon Age is. The new Dragon. There's going to be an X-rated Puff Puff. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> Turns out the new Dragon Age is actually just Dragon Quest Twelve, and they've been lying to us. They've mashed everything together. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about music, I am very interested to see what happens with the music in Dragon Quest Twelve. Yeah, but that's that's another topic. That's is another topic i think we've i think we've like veered off enough that we're we're about done here so i'm gonna i'm gonna rein us in as much as i want to talk about all that stuff but um so yes there is a lot of music in smash um so much that i'm sure we will never get a soundtrack for ultimate because i just don't think it's logistically possible i know there was there were some soundtracks for some of the others like partial soundtracks yeah that i don't know if they were ever sold or just through like club nintendo because i have a couple of them um Mm -hmm. but yeah i I would love all of this on a single album of however many you know blu-rays it would take but i don't know that we'll get it more red tape than kingdom all of kingdom hearts (laughs) no Mm -hmm. kidding so much red tape um but you know at least we can hear it in game and on youtube and Mm -hmm. wherever else yep just carry a switch around turn the screen off and put your headphones into it you know it's like no not a big mp3 player at all like i mean i'm really happy they added that option that was that was a really, really cool idea actually them. yeah 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 i like that i'm just playing i know um yeah so that was our episode uh thank you for for listening thank all of you for being here i think we had a really good mix of songs so i appreciate it mm, thanks for having us mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that, that was our episode 76 um so coming next Towards the end of January, we're going to have our Music of the Year episode of Rhythm, which we haven't done in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. That's just going to highlight some of our favorite music of 2021. And uh, something we've actually had planned for many months, because (laughs) Alana realized that just with our schedule for Rhythm Encounter, uh, episode 78 will release exactly on February 14th. We figured we're going to do a a Valentine's Day-themed episode of love music and romance music. Yeah, I'm I'm such a romantic. I had to put it in there. I I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone chooses for that. It's gonna get sappy. I've already got picks on that. (laughs) Oh, you do? Oh shoot! I I didn't didn't even look at the card yet. Uh huh. Oh my gosh! All right. Nice. I was I knew someone would pick something that was uh, less expected, and there it is. Your second track. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can't. Oh yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. And unless we change plans after that, we're going to do, speaking of Kumi Tanioka, we're going to do an episode on her music. Yay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we have 
some interesting stuff in the lineup. So please look forward to all of that. Um, if you have thoughts on this episode, if you have topic ideas or any other feedback, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. You can email me personally at mike at rpgfan.com. And how can people get in contact with everyone else? Hillary. Um, Discord's pretty efficient. I'm EP Fire there. Peter. Um, as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at I Have Fury. I'm also um, can be reached via email, Peter T at RPGfan.com. And Alana. Uh, you can tweet at me at Alana Hagues, or you can find me on Discord as Alana. So easy that way. Hi. So if you enjoyed this episode, please check out our other episodes of Rhythm Encounter. Um, we also have two other podcasts at RPG Fan. We have Random Encounter, which releases every other Monday, uh, alternate Rhythm Encounter. That's where we talk about current stuff, upcoming stuff, RPG news, reviews, other content on RPG Fan. And then every Thursday we have Retro Encounter, which is the podcast for retro games and whatever else in the in between episodes. So that's always fun. It, you know, it used to be Random Encounter was our main podcast, but I kind of think Retro Encounter is our main one now just because it's so frequent and has so many followers now. I was going to say, if you're listening to this exactly as it comes out, it'll be a Skies episode. So don't worry. Mm. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be there. That is exciting. I'm so glad you're getting your Skies of Arcadia episode. Mm-hmm. I'm getting two of them, which I'm very happy about. Yep. And very scared about as well, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. No one knows. No one at RPG Fan knows that game like you. That's true. No pressure. Um, so, yes. Also, last thing here if you want to uh, review us or subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, there's too many. I can't list them all. But, you know, wherever you can leave a review or subscribe or show your support, we appreciate it. So, thank you in advance if you can do that for us. And that brings us to the end um because there are literally hundreds of songs from smash we couldn't end this without some kind of bonus track and i decided to claim it for myself because i couldn't narrow down my two picks or three picks to two so i thought it would be fun if we ended with the remix of i'll face myself from persona 4 (laughs) another new challenger another new challenger i i think it's just a really fun and interesting arrangement so that's what we're ending with so it is a great arrangement i'm so excited yeah it's really good so all right thank you again everyone and we're going to close out with i'll face myself and we'll see you in a couple weeks bye bye bye
Boop. Boop. Okay. Uh, it's so good. Can you keep going? No. Good. <laughs> this is going to wind up in the outro. This is going to...